This podcast is sponsored by SEMI. The SEMI Market Intelligence Team helps customers make informed business decisions by providing market data and research reports on semiconductor manufacturing equipment, wafer fab and packaging materials, fab capacity, electronic design, and more. SEMI will present its mid-year forecast at SEMICON West in San Francisco on July 11th at the Market Symposium hosted by SEMI's Sanjay Malhotra. Register at www.semiconwest.org today to participate on-site or online. Hi there. I'm Francoise Von Trapp, and this is the 3D Insights Podcast. Hi, everyone. I am really excited to share that we've partnered with SEMI's market intelligence team to bring you quarterly semiconductor industry market updates. Each episode will feature one of SEMI's market analysts who will discuss different market trends driving specific areas of the market, and they're going to provide some high-level intelligence to help you in your day-to-day business decisions. In this first episode, we're focusing on the semiconductor manufacturing equipment market. And here with me to kick it off are Sanjay Malhotra, who is Vice President of Corporate Marketing and the Market Intelligence Team, and Ina Skvortsova, who's one of the analysts in the Market Intelligence Group. So thanks for joining me today, guys. Can you each tell me a little bit about yourselves and your role at SEMI? Uh, Sanjay, why don't we start with you? Sure, Francois. Thank you so much. Um, I've been with SEMI now for a little over a year. And um, in my role here at SEMI, I have the corporate marketing group as well as the market intelligence group. And prior to that, I spent majority of my career, uh, approximately 25 years at uh, Applied Materials and various corporate roles, uh, including biz dev, strategic marketing, and uh, investor relations. Okay, so you bring some real semiconductor uh, manufacturing expertise to your role. You've, you've got um, experience there. Yes, uh, you can say that. And uh, it has been both a combination of uh, technology uh, as well as the business side of things. Okay, awesome. Thanks. Um, Ina, how about you? Thank you, Francoise, for the opportunity. Um, I'm with SEMI for over six years now and with a market intelligence group for slightly over two years. Uh, prior, I was uh, managing the standards development for equipment automation, traceability, process chemicals, and a few other areas. Uh, historically, uh, my background is I have Master of Science in Mathematics uh, from Russia and uh, MBA with focus in accounting and finance from Santa Clara University here in the heart of Silicon Valley. Um, first joined the equipment company about now almost 10 years ago and six years with Sammy. Okay, great. Thank you. Sanjay, for our listeners who aren't familiar, can you tell us about the SEMI market intelligence team itself? Absolutely, Francois. I did want to say, as I mentioned earlier, while as I was at Applied Materials, I have been a customer of the market intelligence team reports for more than 20 years, and I found them very informative, very valuable. Um, the team provide many reports, but I would categorize them in uh, five buckets. The first one uh, is the fab. Uh, related products. So essentially, in very simple terms, uh, these um, cover 
about 1400 odd different lines that are out there globally, uh, both operating right now or in the process of um, getting constructed and so on. So that covers in great detail what the fabs produce, the technologies, the capacities and so on. And a few products uh, come out of that core um, report, I must say. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Then the second one, and I really don't want to delve too much into it. I don't want to steal Ina's thunder, is the area where we have reports on the equipment side of things. So this is both the front end as well as the back end. So we have the wafer fab equipment, and then we have the test and assembly equipment. And I think Ina is going to talk in great detail today about that. Okay. Um, Then another area which is very popular are the materials reports. This is semiconductor materials. Not only do we have some popular reports, but we are also in the process of developing uh, at least uh, one report and maybe more further down the the road. Uh, Then on the the backend side, we have an assembly packaging and test report. And finally, we have... um, almost customized specialty regional reports, uh, very focused on a particular region, uh, China, or, uh, you know, if it is uh, EDA, then, you know, they're uh, US centric. So these are the five major buckets, uh, Francois, that I would uh, categorize them in. Yeah. Who uses the semi data and, and how do they use it? First of all, Francois, I think it would be unfair to say that it is just used by a particular type of company or a particular type of function. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we have folks who are, of course, you know, the traditional equipment or uh, up the semiconductor vertical, the customers of the equipment, uh, semiconductor equipment companies who produce uh, the semiconductor chips and their fabs, as well as companies who do not have fabs, the fabless companies. And then uh, if we uh, look at uh, above that, we have the OEMs, you know, like Sony, for example, which not only fabricates chips, but also puts them in products that they produce. So we have the semiconductor vertical. Then another area is um, the Wall Street, or rather, I should not say Wall Street, I should say financial firms, because it's more global. There's a lot of interest from their side uh, to use uh, some of these reports, not all of them. Um, And then, not to forget, government and um, the world of academia, there also we have uh, quite a few of those uh, buying our reports for analysis. Okay, and can you give me an example? I would say the traditional use of these reports is for companies to do business intelligence analysis in-house and look at, you know, how they are situated, what the future plans are for their customers, for their competitors, and so on. So in a nutshell, that's how I would uh, categorize it, Francois. Ina, let's dive into the reporting. Can you tell me about what you cover specifically for SEMI? Sure. I am a principal analyst responsible for semiconductor equipment and semiconductor material segments. 
I'm also responsible for the management of industry-recognized CMEs market statistics data collection programs. And those programs are the base for our hallmark reports, such as North America Billings, uh, Worldwide SAMS, uh, Worldwide Semiconductor Equipment Market Statistics Report, as well as MMDS Materials Report. So how do you ensure that the reports are reliable? Uh, for more than 30 years, actually, SEMI collects industry statistics from industry stakeholders, including SEMI member companies as well as industry associations. As a result, for example, our equipment worldwide SEMS report represents actual billings, data collected from over 90% of the equipment market. Do, do you collect that information through interviews or do, they, or do you just have a, a program with them where they provide you that data? Yes, we have a program and companies actually provide data to independent financial firm to ensure confidentiality of individual company submission. And I'm working with that financial firm uh, to define the categories of equipment and, and only receive aggregated data on my end as a base to produce the reports. We're hearing a lot of new fab announcements as the semiconductor industry ramps up capacity to address the chip shortage. So what has this meant for equipment suppliers and um, what's the outlook for them? This is an excellent question. Actually, multiple questions in one. Of course, investments to increase the capacity are contributing to the expansion of both uh, front-end and back-end equipment segments. Last year, total equipment manufacturing uh, market registered super cycle growth of 44%, surpassing 100 billion mark on top of the record high 2020. Actually, if we uh, look at the past five years, the equipment market almost doubled in size. As a result, uh, we are witnessing a structural shift in the industry marked by higher capital intensity. And specifically last year, the equipment investments relative to the semiconductor revenue were 18.5%, up from 16.2% in 2020, which I just mentioned was a record growth years for entire industry. So the capital intensity is certainly increasing. So Ina, can you um, address a little bit the how the um, packaging and test market is doing? Uh, yes, both back-end equipment uh, for uh, assembly packaging and test segments are rising to new highs actually in two decades, showing double-digit growth in 2021. Um, the automated test equipment market has expanded dramatically due to uh, growing chip complexity and uh, the trend toward chiplet architectures, while the surge in assembly and packaging equipment tools is driven by investments in flip chip, wafer level packaging, as well as the volume, sheer volume of packaging technologies needed. Would you say this, is, this growth is driven by any specific market, such as the automotive? Automotive certainly one of the contributors in particular for the test. If we look at test, uh, also a long-term driver for test equipment uh, is 5G and um, IoT and high-speed memories. All of that will continue to drive the test equipment. Um, is that being complicated by the chip shortage itself? We talk about you know the, the tools that need the chips to make the chips. There have been a slew of uh, uh, company results that have come out uh, this 
the quarter that just ended and the prior quarter as well. And they have, I'm talking about the equipment companies, they have been very uh, forthcoming about the impact of the chip shortage, uh, you know, facing their capability to produce equipment. So uh, many of them have mentioned that it has resulted in a shortfall in their uh, revenues. And um, the Chips for Chips, it's, it's an effort uh, for the industry to actually self-help. Uh, a lot of the, I would say, the, nearly all the, the chip manufacturers, IDMs or foundries, have been very vocal about the lack of um, equipment to fulfill all the orders that they have. So, but for them, it's a catch-22. For them to be able to ramp their capacity in order to meet the, the demand, they need to provide chips to the equipment people. And I must say, it's a very small percentage, very, very small compared to the demand from you know, folks like PC manufacturers, auto manufacturers. So for a, yeah, so for a very small percentage of their output, they can provide the chips to the equipment manufacturers, the SMEs, semiconductor manufacturing equipment, both front and back end. So they can then uh, provide the equipment to populate the fabs that have been constructed in order to ramp up the demand. So it, it's it's uh, that effort and SEMI has been front and center. We have spoken at various forums. We have uh, pu published a couple of white papers, uh, spoken with uh, some of the leading uh, newspapers. So we, we are uh, front and center in this effort. Sooner or later, as you know, Francois, sooner or later, there will be a balance, you know, but the industry, I think, needs to needs to understand that, and I'm, when I say industry, it's not just the equipment guys, but also the, the, the chip manufacturers, that we need to build towards a long-term plan in order for both the chip manufacturers and the equipment manufacturers to be in a balanced mode, you know, whether it's oversupply or a shortage. Yeah. Um, you know, I got to ask you about the impact of the supply chain constraints um, and other challenges we're hearing so much about because the forecasts sound really healthy, but do these issues pose some risks? The supply still remains a challenge for supply of chips, for example, still remains a challenge for semiconductor equipment companies, as we see from comments uh, by leadership during the earnings call or um, investments days. But companies continue to show exceptional resourcefulness. And with the fact that now even on a governmental level, semiconductor industry is recognized as an extremely strategic industry, we overall believe the industry is positioned for growth and the equipment for for the year remains healthy. So we've talked about the chips impacting the lead times, the chips themselves, and we've talked about some of the other supply chain issues. What about um, the other headwinds, such as COVID or inflation? And how is that going to impact um, the need for capacity? Are we really going to need as many as we think? So, Francois, I can only talk from the perspective of what we are seeing uh, currently, 
um, but you did highlight a few other things. You know, you, you mentioned COVID and, um, you know, COVID, um, though a very, very unfortunate, you know, phase, it's always going to be that. It actually resulted in pushing up demand as, uh, you know, work from home gadgets uh, were in huge demand. So initially when it started in 2020, uh, there was a slowdown, but then it picked up immensely, and that was a start to this. Now, going forward, headwinds-wise, um, the other headwind that I would talk about is actually the lack of um, enough talented workforce to help in the semiconductor industry. Uh, again, semi is front and center in that effort, working from various perspectives, universities, government, and so on, uh, to help, you know, fulfill this demand. Um, but, you know, I think we should uh, always look from a little longer term perspective, Francois, you know, we will always have ups and downs, as you mentioned, you know, inflation seems to just, uh, doesn't seem to go away, I should be saying. But uh, yeah, uh, there are efforts, you know, from the Fed and all trying to stem that. Um, but if we move beyond that, please, and take a little bit uh, forward looking view, there is so much action going on currently, and we have just touched the tip of the iceberg. You know, when I started my career, pretty much uh, PCs and servers, they were the mainstay and uh, ups and downs happened around that, the cycles, you know, there would be overcapacity and so on and so forth. Yeah. Then feature phones came along, smartphones, and of course, you know, a lot of other gadgets. Today, we have IoT, we have uh, automotive, you know, smart autos, we have smart uh, med tech, we have data centers, big data. So there are so many applications that are just starting out from the longer term perspective. I am very optimistic. So, so the demand is there. The demand, if you look at it from a longer term perspective, is there. But, you know, you would never see a straight line going up. There would be always these ups and downs. But if you look at the long term, I think we are looking at many, many years of growth, uh, taking out in between uh, imbalances, which will, of course, play a role, or some macroeconomic black swan events that may also play a role. But fundamentally, you know, we think by the end of this decade, the semiconductor industry, which was uh, about $550 billion last year, I, we think it's easily going to be uh, a trillion dollar industry, if not more. I would like to mention that we continue to see the growth in sync with positive forecasts for 2022, and we will be announcing our mid-year OEM forecast at Semicon West in July at Market Symposium event. The forecast announcement will cover the outlook up to 2024 for the equipment market for both wafer fab equipment and test assembly and packaging. Okay. One thing that I've noticed when I talk to my members um, and ask them questions about, you know, how the supply chains have impacted them. It really varies. You know, some of them planned ahead, they've stocked up, 
Um, they haven't had trouble getting their, their sub-assemblies and they're on target to meet their goals and deliver. And others have admitted that, you know, it's been a struggle, but they're, and they're, they're a little bit behind, their lead times are a little behind. So I appreciate the information that you shared today um, as far as the forecasting goes. Um, and I, but I do think, you know, a lot of it comes down to individual, how individual companies manage. And that's where I think a lot of your market data can help them in really understanding the market itself and what they are building towards and um, and prepare. Because as we learned at ISS, um, the best, the best way to um, mitigate any sort of risk is to know what might be coming or have an idea of what might be coming. I'd like to thank you both for joining me today. And um, where can we learn more? So for the market research, a good source of information is our website. Mm -hmm. uh, there are um, uh, sample reports out there. Uh, besides that, uh, we also have booths at our Semicon events globally. We always have uh, reports being released throughout the year. There is a cadence uh, for the subscriptions quarterly reports. We just released a few reports and there will be more. Uh, we are also working on creating absolutely new reports, uh, which will be released over the next few quarters. Uh, Ina, something that you would like to add? Listeners always welcome to send their questions uh, over the email, uh, marketstats at semi.org. Yeah, and we can include all of that in the show notes, which we publish along with the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me and we will talk to you next time. Thank you. There's lots more to come, so tune in next time to the 3D Insights Podcast. The 3D Insights Podcast is a production of 3D Insights, LLC.